Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online. It means virtually the same thing these days, at least the way we work, because we are coming to you via the Internet. On air, online, on air, I guess, at some point. Maybe there's a satellite transmission uh, linked in somewhere along the way. I don't know. But one way or the other, you get to us by visiting www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Once you're there, you get to decide how you're listening to the show you're listening to right now. So you've made that decision, obviously. You've either decided to listen to us as part of what we call our radio loop, which is to say, uh, speaking of the second link on our homepage, which is to say the loop that gives you access to a running, um, the loop, the link that gives you access to a running loop of the show that's, that's being played in perpetuity, at least that show is being played as long as it's the featured show, on a separate computer, and that computer is running via modems and via servers and all sorts of things uh, all over the planet, and you simply pick it up. You pick up what's on that, uh, that, that computer coming through that modem, coming through that server, coming however it gets to you anywhere on Earth, uh, by coming in at www.centerlefttalkradio.com. Or you can do the uh, more traditional route by going with the first link on our homepage. You access this show, and you may well be listening to it as a podcast. I don't know, but you've got a choice. Uh, choice is a big deal. People, people love choices, and, uh, and I would not consider this a difficult one. It's simply whatever works best for you. If you like the idea of listening to us uh, at whatever point the, the show happens to be, by all means, come in via the uh, radio loop. If the idea of uh, listening to podcasts the way everybody does, at least an audio podcast, uh, via uh, the link that gives you the starting point, and yes, you can move the cursor along and decide where you want to listen. You can move it forward or backward. That's always your option as well when you listen to the podcast feed. Or you can come in and listen to us. You don't have to come through www.centerlefttalkradio.com. No, you can find us wherever you pick up your podcast. Simply look for Center Left Radio, where we've been for over five years and more than 700 individual shows. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to say there's, there's all kinds of large numbers that go number of downloads, number of shows, number of, number of, uh, of podcasts put up online. We, we, we've, we've really topped a whole bunch of big numbers. Yeah, people start offering, uh, there are awards and you get this uh, virtual badge for having done this and this. We've been around. And we've stayed around because the message that we're delivering is, we believe, exceedingly important, and we're here to continue delivering it to you. So thank you for listening, and we're pleased to continue to be and operate as Center Left Radio. 
Uh, not much more. Well, no, no, no. I take that back. There's, there's a lot to add about what's happening, what Russia, Russia's uh, scurrilous, disgusting uh, behavior towards Ukraine. It's unprovoked, just, just uh, primitive approach to Mr. Putin's uh, fantasies about himself, the guy with the, with the, with the billions of, of, of inappropriately attained dollars and his, and his cronies doing the same, and, and this sense of, of elevated, uh, almost, I think, czarship that he has created for himself. When you think about all the things that he's sort of done... Uh, and, and, and the image that he sort of cultivated for himself, it, it actually, in a way, I don't want to say it makes sense. None of this makes sense. But it's certainly conceivable that a man that has basically turned himself into a czar and a one-person ruling body for the country would think of doing something as unthinkable as attempting to take over a neighboring country and to reignite the Cold War, taking what was the Cold War and turning it into uh, at least a tepid war, maybe a simmering war. And very possibly, if a few things go the wrong way, a hot war. Not, not the nicest thing to think about, but... This guy has backed himself into a very strange position. He has proven to the world, without a doubt, I, I don't know, I, I imagine the, the, body, the, the body bags coming back home to Mother Russia must be, that, that information has to start, must by now be filtering down unless they're hiding the body bags. But by our best estimates, and I'm getting this from two different American generals, Granted, who are both now uh, uh, authorities for, uh, for, for cable news, but who have a pretty good reputation, both of them, McCaffrey and, and uh, Stravides, um, both say, actually it's Admiral Stravides, it's General McCaffrey and Admiral Stravides, both say that best estimates we have through our intelligence, and they have access to this stuff, is that somewhere between 10 and 15,000 Russian troops have been killed. And then the estimates have to work from there. You have to extrapolate basically what the, what the wounded would look like. That number is being estimated at somewhere between 30 and 50,000. You have to, it's like something like 10 times the number is what you normally, well, not even, ten, no, not 10 times, I'm sorry. Something like four times, three to four times the number is the minimum wounded that would go with that number. Now, and, and this point is being made more and more in recent days. Think of what it means to be a country that surrounded another country, just spent weeks staging their army around the entire border of another country, a neighboring country, just put tanks there and, and positioned and, and, and put the soldiers and brought in all the logistics and just took, and took their time to do it, denying, of course, the whole time that there was going to be an invasion, and really had every opportunity in the world to lay this thing out as 
in, in if, if the if the term can be applied to war in the most refined way possible to make this to 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 set up to set the table to set the playing board the, the playing field in the in the most favorable possible way to the attacker to the aggressor while watching the other side basically not believe that you were going to do what you ultimately wound up doing. So absolutely, one, I mean, it's, it was zero sum in terms of the preparatory activity over here. No one, including the West, really, really believed until President Biden began saying it was going to happen. But even then, it was like, no, he's, how could anyone do this in, in 2020? It's... it's 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 just not done anymore. No, this is this is this is mid twentieth or early twentieth century. This is Hitler. This is Franco. This is Mussolini. This is, no, no one until it got done. And you would think with all that, and having something around a hundred and fifty thousand or close to two hundred, depending on uh, I, whose numbers you want to follow, uh, troops there, and and all of the equipment and all the and all the artillery and everything else and all the support that this should have happened. They should have gone in and just, if they were going to pull the switch, this would have been the equivalent of Hitler's uh, blitzkrieg into Poland from the other direction, coming in from the west of Poland and basically just taking over Ukraine almost instantaneously. And obviously that hasn't happened. What One explanation is that that in attacking Ukraine, Putin made, among any number of, of tactical and, and larger strategic errors, the biggest strategic error of all was reading the mood and the thought process of the Ukrainian people. Somehow he had convinced himself or been convinced, probably convinced himself, though. He's a czar, the czar. So the czar had convinced himself of his own uh, perfection, his own, uh, his own brilliant strategy, his own belief that others believed and revered him as much as his ego demanded. And he got it completely wrong. He didn't attack some lay down, fall down, Russia, come in, we welcome you, uh, we welcome our brothers with open arms. Damn it, this man attacked Texas for all intents and purposes. That's what he's, it is a hornet's nest there. Now, we're not seeing a lot of the day-to-day combat. That doesn't make it to American uh, newsreels. But something between 10 and 15,000 Russian troops, you got to think about this. In all, of, in all of the 20 years since we first went into Afghanistan, then attacked Iraq, and, 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 and basically all the time we spent there, 20 damned years, total American casualties between Afghanistan and Iraq, we're somewhere in the range of about, if, I hope I have this number right, I think it was about 3,000 apiece. Do I have that right? I have, I have to check that. That was over the course of 20 years. In one month, Vladimir Putin has lost, if you want to go with the high-end numbers, somewhere approaching 15,000. One month 
You want to try extrapolating that over time? One month, 15,000, let's, let's call it 12,000. 12,000 troops in one month. Huge amounts of, of, of equipment from everything we've here. We know that there has been no real movement. There's, it's, it's, it's a... It's a tactical stalemate between him and the army he has resorted obviously to lobbing in bombs smart missiles being thrown at increasingly if if not if not singularly civilian targets a lot of that and it's it's an it's an attestation of the fact that this massive country the largest country on earth has, I wouldn't even call it a second-rate army, it's a third-rate army. This is, this is the, the worst planning and the worst execution and the worst, and the worst intelligence that would allow someone to do something and do it this poorly. And what is the world worried about most now? We're worried about this crazy man who would do this in the first, well, not, not, not crazy in, in any kind of uh, uh, put him away in a hospital, though maybe something like that could be done eventually. Put him away. That would be more likely the, uh, the, 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 end, the end game of the, uh, of the world court, uh, to, you know, but assuming that there, there are uh, indictments brought down, and I imagine there will be at some point, there, is, there are war crimes being committed regularly, if, if, if you follow any of this information. Uh, he, the, the fear is that out of ego and, and, and a need to prop up his image and everything else, He's going to have to do something bigger. And that brings us to the issue of chemical or biological weaponry and at the extremes uh, of, of nuclear weapons. That's, that's of course, the, the big issue here. So it, it, it's no longer a question. The, the fear is no longer of whether or not uh, Russia is going to be is going to once again is this is step one in taking over uh, or recreating the Soviet Empire once again. If this is any indication of how they would do it, it will be an abysmal failure from day one. They've united NATO in a way that that's hard to imagine. But there is atrocity. There's a horror show. There are millions of people who have fled. Millions internally displaced. Millions have already crossed the border into Poland, Moldavia, Hungary, uh, j just Slovakia. It's, it's, they are, they are re-rejiggering the map of Europe. They're rejiggering the economic status of Europe. As badly as they're executing all this is, is, is being further reflected in the messiness of what's being left in the wake of this incompetent military adventurism. But yet we have to worry about this guy because he knows he's losing. Or at least he knows he can't win. So, so he'll have, we, I'm hearing commentators offering ideas about, well, how could, how could Putin basically reposition this so 
it'll look pretty good to him or for him. He'll feel okay. People are people are suddenly jumping into or trying to jump into his head and saying, "What do you think Vladimir could live with as a as an as a long-term situation?" And they're talking long-term situation here. He's going to have to stop the military thing. You can't keep bleeding, you know, 12,000 soldiers a month and proving to the world what a piece of crap you are. You can't have anything verging on discipline and morale within your army if people are aware that their buddies who went out there on the front, and by the way, that, that group on the, on, on, the, on the Ukrainian border represented a substantial percentage of the entire standing Russian army, military, and if, if this is the image that other soldiers have of what happens, I don't know how you bring people in. I don't know how you support morale. I don't know how you support troop uh, uh, continuity and cohesion in battle situations or to do anything that at all. We're not, gonna, we're not getting a, a fraction of what's really going on here. The only thing that we can absolutely know for sure is this is turning into a military failure. When you have 150 or 200,000 troops and everything on earth lined up on the other guy's borders and nothing is happening, but you are holding all the cards and your ego is what's driving you and your assumption that they're going to let us in and we're simply going to basically annex, we, 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 we're going to get rid of Zelensky, we're going to put in our government and everything will be fine and and Russia, Mother Russia, is on its way to greater Russia once again. And it goes horribly, horribly wrong. All you know for sure at that point is that there's a scrambling and there's an effort to somehow salvage something. And it winds up that that's probably the most dangerous situation of all to be in. We're all trying to outthink Everybody, NATO's trying to get into the mind, trying to figure out how to, how to prepare for Vladimir's ego, for his severely bruised ego, for what, he, what is happening within his economy, for what happens when it all hits home. BBC reported that, that so far in the last month, the cost of living for the average Russian has risen by 14% in one month. Okay, that's the beginning of the sanctions starting to hit. Then there's the issue of whether or not he would be able to affiliate with China. But you see, China would be crazy to stick it out with this guy because he's a loose cannon and he's a, he's a bit of a head. He's clearly incompetent. He doesn't have either the military skill or it winds up the economic foresight to deal with the inevitabilities or, or to have dealt with all the possibilities that could, have, that could have arisen with an invasion that had it gone one way or the other. Nothing, nothing was really handled. It was all a big show of Mother Russia going ahead and bringing back into the fold uh, loving Russian types and getting rid of those Nazis. <laughs> you know, the ones that are run by a, the, the, the Jew, Zelensky, who basically is running the country. The, those Nazis. Yeah, there were Nazis in Ukraine. 
Yeah, there's been corruption. I've heard all this crap over and over again. Ignores the reality. It always does. Simply that this guy invaded. I think the people that I hear that I know that, that tell these, that, that I, and I, you know, oh, you know, the, 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 the Ukraine has got dirty hands. They're bad. They're not. Yeah. Um, and, if, and, and that might be your way of ignoring the reality that they've been invaded, that people are dying. Oh, no, they've got dirty hands. And, and, and that means you can look away. I, I, I find, I, again, I, I mentioned this on our last show. I find the people who are anti-vax and anti-mask and the people who are basically supporting Russia in this have something in common. They don't want to deal with harsh realities. It, it's, it's easier to, to sort of macho up or, or, or rationalize up or, or basically put down uh, Tony Fauci or put down the Nazi proclivities of some Ukrainians back during the Second World War or to talk about the government that basically was, was kicked out by Zelensky. And yes, there's corruption there still. But to ignore the reality of what this means to our European allies, of what this means to the world, in order to not have to face the damage that's being done. I think there's a fear. Everybody has fear. We all feel bad about this. But to ignore the realities on the ground and to do it by this intellectual uh, gymnastics game that says, oh, you see the Ukrainians, they're just as bad. All I see, and it's hard, of course, to tell people this, all I see are very frightened people, unwilling to basically understand what the real implications are for the people of Ukraine, for the people of Europe, and for us. No, there, there has to be this, this intellectual balancing act that makes it more palatable and takes away that momentary twinge. No, no, Tony Fauci is doing this so that he can make money from the labs that he has in Ukraine that are producing chemical biological agents that are going to be used to attack Russia and, and anything that has to do with the COVID vaccines is all... You, you, you get the idea. Some of us react poorer to fear and to react and, 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 our, and our sensations of fear than others. Donald Trump was brilliant in, in co-opting the Republican Party in just that way, finding the fear triggers that would shut off most of the, many of the emotional triggers, ignoring much of, what's, of what my fellow man needs and basically talking about going into, a, uh, into an ancient past that probably didn't really exist, certainly not in the form that Trump made MAGA land, you know, Ameri the, the great America that was the pre-65 civil rights laws uh, America. It, it was not great. It wasn't wonderful. Nor was the Russia that, that uh, Putin seems to be trying to resurrect. It would seem to have been to be sort of a, a Stalinist dream. But everybody is willing to accept what it is in order to sort of recapture that there's something bigger and better and not having to really face the realities of what their situation is. It's, it's, it's a way around feeling. It's a way of dealing with fear. 
It's a way of elevating a fantasy and using that as a counterbalance to fear. It's not suppressing fear and elevating love and hope. It's elevating fantasy as a mechanism for dealing with fear. Trump did it. Putin is doing it. It doesn't work out well. You saw what happened on January 6th. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, we're, we're seeing just how odd and, and, and just how, how disgusting, let me, let me use the word, how, how, how the depths that some people were willing to go to in attempting or in, 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 in affiliating with those people who would basically have created an insurrection in this country. Um, you, you might know where I'm going with this. If you don't, you'll, you'll know in just a second. Does the name Ginny Thomas mean anything to you? Ginny Thomas is the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas of the famous Anita Hill hearings uh, back how many years ago is it now? Are we talking 40 years, 35 years? How long has he been on the court? Which of the Bushes put him up there? Uh, was it George, the, the, George 41? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a handle on how long this guy has been there. The, 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 the thing with, with Clarence Thomas, anyone with any kind of legal background knows or notices immediately that when you look at transcripts of Supreme Court cases or, or when you hear live broadcasts, and that's, only, that's in relatively recent years, this happened while, while Thomas was on the court, you notice an absence of something, and that is Clarence Thomas's input. His propensity to question any, any witnesses is, is legendary. He basically just sits there on the court and listens. I'm, I'm not making this up. When you look at Supreme Court decisions, if you look at, if you look at uh, for the majority, for the minority, the, the various decisions that come down, the written decisions, conspicuously absent, the vast, 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 vast majority of the time is Clarence Thomas's name. He doesn't, he doesn't participate. He, he gives the absolute impression to anyone willing to listen and anyone willing to be, to be rational about this or be, be objective <clears throat> that he's just there. I can't count, and I should count. I sh I'm sure someone's going to come up with a, with a document that'll lay this out, and maybe I'll present it when the opportunity arises. But I can't count how many times he has been, perhaps, uh, in a nine-person, uh, in a nine-judge nine vote, the one vote that would go for the most extreme far-right position, automatically, reflexively. And otherwise 100% in a far-right mode. That is not necessarily the case for the other conservative justices. It doesn't work that way. But for Clarence Thomas, it does. It didn't work that way with the Trump uh, cases that just came up recently in terms of uh, the uh, materials that he was forced to, to distribute. No, Clarence Thomas didn't think that was a good idea.
the other conservative justices did. There is a, a there is this easily drawn conclusion that the guy is nothing but a damned automatic vote for the furthest right position you can have. He has a reputation for being absolutely charming, one of the nicest guys in the world. People say he is the most amiable, enjoyable person to be around. He's got, he's got a great personality. We used to apply that to, you know, certain, well, you know what I'm saying. But when it comes to being, when it comes to doing the job of being a Supreme Court justice, I personally would say he's an abject failure. He doesn't function as a Supreme Court justice. He doesn't ask. He doesn't write. He doesn't inquire. He doesn't deliberate. His name doesn't show up. He's simply an automatic damned vote for the furthest right the furthest extreme right position on any given case, even if no one else is going there. Clarence Thomas can be counted on to go to the farthest, farthest right. And then we find out something very interesting. Well, we, we've known all along that his wife has been a consultant. And she's basically, you know, made her, her, made her money and her bones within uh, Republican circles. But something surfaced the other day that takes this to another level. Ginny Thomas uh, was the 9-11, I'm sorry, the January 6th uh, special committee was able to get copies of text messages going back and forth between her and the uh, House minority, Kevin McCarthy, discussing ways to basically overturn the 2020 election. Now, now I have to be careful. The, 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 news, the news sources I've read did not actually use the word overturn, but discussing changing the results. Everybody seems to want to stop short of saying that she's basically doing the same thing as Trump and McCarthy and everybody else and Rudy Giuliani and all the other loonies out there. Why? Because this is, this, this, this to me, of, of, of all the, the, the revelations that we've had in the last few years, and certainly in the year that we've been dealing with, or more than a year now, dealing with the results of what happened on January 6th and all the investigations and everything that's about to come down the line in terms of indictments of really high-level people, including the president, the former president, Donald, whatever the hell his name is. This is one of the most disturbing bits of information I can imagine, because what it says, it, what, it, what, it, what it calls into question is even the appearance of objectivity on the part of a member of the Supreme Court. Why do I say, well, well wait a minute, wait a minute, Rich, that, 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 that was his wife, it wasn't him. Okay, his wife of 40 years, his wife who has been working as a, uh, as a paid consultant for the right while her husband is sitting on the court. People kind of been looking the other way from there. But that would mean 
that, gee, Clarence wasn't aware of Ginny's political percept perceptions, perspectives, her proclivities in terms of what she was willing to do, who she was willing to talk to. Was, here, 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 are the, here are the backouts. He didn't know. So it's, it's hers, not him. Okay, try that. Hold that in your head for a second. Or he didn't know the extent to which she was doing this. Or he had no idea that this, or this didn't really mean that if you look at the, let, let, there must, there's got to be another way of reading these text messages that doesn't really mean that she was interested in coming out and overturning the election or was willing to supply or help some, or keep going. Or I had, I, I never imagined that, try, now, now move in the other direction. I never imagined she might do this. Or I never had any sense of her political uh, proclivities. Or I never really had any idea that it was important that a Supreme Court justice be perceived from every perspective, from every aspect of his, his or her life, as being above politics, being above influence, being above the things that could influence decisions on the court. I never knew that is what Clarence would have to ultimately say. He would have to, we, we'd have to believe that he had no idea that his wife thought this way. The woman he lives with, they, they, they supposedly have a very good marriage, blah, 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 blah. No idea she's thinking this way. Spends his entire career on the court as a rubber stamp for the furthest right positions possible. The wife is out there his wife is out there. The wife sounds rather, you know, sexist, and I don't mean it to sound that way. His wife is out there cavorting with, with, with uh, McCarthy, discussing ways to change the election outcome. What would happen, well, what should happen the moment that that became known to a proper justice of the Supreme Court is that you would reveal this information to other members of the court. This would be a disqualifier from any position that basically appears to be to have a political basis, and that's a great deal of what's before the court. You can't be perceived as an equal-handed purveyor of law when you have someone in your family who's attempting, or at least, I, I, again, the words are, are going to be, be important here as time goes on, but appears to be attempting to be part and parcel of an insurrection against the very government that you as a Supreme Court justice are sworn to uphold in the most, most even-handed and non-political way possible. You can't possibly decide a politically charged case 
when you are living in that environment. You cannot be, you can't imagine that you're going to be perceived as even-handed, even if you've spent all your time just voting for the right anyway. Your job, though, is to be a litigator. And even if you don't give a damn about litigation, now we know why you're doing what you're doing. And it says to anyone willing to think about it, oh, it's because this is where you're coming from too, Justice Thomas. This is how you think, and it influences everything you do. There's no need for you to function as a litigator, Justice Thomas, because the fix is in. Every time. And, and what happens now in going back and when people want to go back and start looking at all the decisions where his vote may have been the deciding vote in a 5-4 that went for the conservative side of the court. He only votes for the conservatives. Must we start reviewing cases? Will it come to that? Will there be a call for his impeachment? No, 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 wait, no, no, come on now. He didn't do it, it was her. And you still haven't shown. Even the perception of prejudice in a political, in a political environment, in a political way, that destroys the notion of objectivity. There, and, and, and this is the part that bothers me the most. The court for as whacked out as it may be right now, and we've been in the middle now of, of the hearings for uh, the, the, the new justice, three, three days, and, and the Republicans were being completely uh, inappropriate, I think, in putting out half-truths and half-statements and trying to ultimately paint her as, as, as soft on crime when they just finished putting her on the bench less than two years ago. Virtually the same Senate panel, the same set of senators put her on the bench the federal bench, so it's, it's a load of crap. But now you have this situation where you have to, you have to, if you're going to be rational about this, if you're going to be fair, you have to ask, if this guy is coming from this position, and if there's the perception now that when you go before this court, this is why he actually is already in advance going to go this way. You don't say, well, it's an automatic, it doesn't matter. No, we have to have some belief that there's a thought process and a deliberation process that works in this Supreme Court. If it's assumed that it is strictly a political body, and we may know that it is, in a large way, but if there's no sense that it's capable of actually exercising jurisprudence, that it can deliberate, that people can think, if we lose that sense, if the court no longer is what we imagine the Supreme Court to be, we've just lost a functional one-third of the United States government. Think about that. And I would argue that we probably just have. And we're going to have to do something to basically get it back. This cannot just be let it go. Because everybody knows on whatever side of the issue you may, whatever your stripe politically, we know now, it's official. Thomas doesn't even pretend 
to be a judge. He doesn't pretend to be thinking about this stuff. He's simply a hack. And look at what his wife is willing to do. Isn't this where, is, is this where he's coming from as well? Oh, he didn't know this? He should be impeached. Now, what's going to wind up happening is another story. And I have no doubt we'll hear a little more about this in a few minutes, you know, because uh, it is Friday. And, uh, ah, David Bach is about to join us. He's, he's almost in the corridor right now. Let's, um, let's set this up. Let's, 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 let's give him a, a fond entry with a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web or on air, uh, however you listen to us, but we'll call it on air, we'll call it online, it's all the same. You go to www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, listen to us on our uh, radio loop link where you catch the show wherever it is in the loop, or pick us up on the podcast. Uh, Both of those are available to you when you go there to our website, to our homepage, or pick us up as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and just pick us up by going to, looking for, Center Left Radio. What you're looking for and the reason you're with us here on Friday is... Well, by now it's become sort of old hat, but never actually that old. Uh, There's always something new. That's why we keep doing this. And it's why I'm always uh, uh, excited about the idea of saying the following words, because I never know what's going to come after them. Let me say them before it just bursts out of me. David, what's on your mind? Hi. Uh, Yes, sorry. uh, There's a lot going on. So if you want to hear more of what I have to say, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash freshfacesnoideas, or you can follow me on Twitter at facesideas. Um, look, there's there's a lot of craziness going on. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it is the uh, war in Ukraine or the other stuff at home. So let's talk about the stuff at home. Um, 
As Isn't you know, it amazing? You could take you could take your choice for craziness. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, as you know, the number one issue in our time is the destruction of women's sports by the existence of trans people. Oh, well, well, um, why didn't why didn't I pick up on that earlier? Thank you for bringing that back to my my front of mind. Thank you, David. <laughs> whether it's uh, Leah Thompson winning some medals, or whether it's just trans kids in high school. Unfortunately, the governor in Utah is fighting back against his Republican colleagues, allowing him to destroy women's sports by uh, by vetoing one of their anti-trans um, in sports bills. So he put the numbers into respect. Do you know how many high school athletes there are in uh, Utah? No, I don't. But I'm, I'm sure you're going to tell me, and I'm sure this is going to go someplace I'll be interested in. How many are there? 75,000. Okay. Active, active high school athletes. Yeah. Do you know how many of them are trans or or, or or in transitioning? No, I don't. Four. Ah, well, that. Do you know how many are have shifted from uh, a man to a woman or, or, or uh, a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy? No, I don't. One. Uh, David, this is this is um, this is um, amazingly uh, disturbing stuff. Uh, yeah. God almighty, really? Is that what this is about? I mean, this is all these guys have to do, and it's probably a bunch of crazy old men or something, and the women in Utah, well, I, I hate to be sexist, but whoever's willing to go along with the crazy old men, uh, damn. Wow. And they might as well have written this bill as fuck this one kid. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, that's the, the numbers we're talking about. Yeah. They're, like, so astronomically small, it's ridiculous. It's just a group of people that they can vilify, um, they're they they're doing it with uh, Judge Jackson. This is this is um, Hitler. This, this is the old Hitler. Uh, this is the old Hitler methodology. This is the old uh, you know F uh, F Francisco Franco methodology. This is this is what uh, this is what basically uh, you use when you're trying to divide a, a nation and and focus them away from other things that are far more important. That, that this is a, that this is this is 1930 type stuff. You know, I, I don't know, man. Wow. It's it's just like absolute nonsense. Although there is some good news. Apparently, the White House is uh, drafting an executive order in order to use the Defense Production Act to increase production of uh, of green technology batteries. So, Well, that's good. That's Yeah, good. I mean, look, you're not going to pass anything because like a month ago, Joe Manchin said he was open to passing something for uh, Build Back Better, and then because he's Joe Manchin... Nothing happened. Well, because uh, the people, the people who own him, told him not to. It, it's simple, you know. That that's pretty obvious. So okay. Uh, so like executive orders are basically the only way they're going to be able to attempt to deal with this. Right. Um, right. So also, on, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Judge Jackson, because oh boy. So there's a couple things. One, she is. Like, just unbelievably qualified on for like anything. She's one of the most qualified candidates to be a Supreme Court justice, possibly we've ever had. Yeah, um, yeah. It is, and she's still pretty young. She's only like in her fifties. So, the attacks on her have broken down into a whole number of just the the most ridiculous, which is the Josh Holly line of questioning. Yeah. Uh, Josh Holly, before this started, 
tweeted out his basically his bat signal to QAnon. And they have to do this because now QAnon is a massive part of their base. Um, and he did this by saying that Judge Jackson is soft on child predators. Uh, child predators, okay. Uh-huh. In his Twitter thread, some of the things he said, like some of the, the quotes he gave, one of them was was uh, literally a quote she was reading back to a person because the case that she was she was working with the was uh, when she was on a sentencing committee and the person talking to her was was talking about that there is a subset of people who get to get picked up in child um uh child porn possession or transference who are not child predators or perverts they're basically people who are in these groups in order to look at like the uh the encryption technology the um the, the the messaging app they're there for the tech yeah and that's and the quote he said that she said what she said was her rereading a quote asking a question to the person who had just said it to her so that that she simply had to make sure that she was quoting someone else not her own thoughts she was repeating what someone else had said. And obviously, Josh Hawley didn't think that it was a good idea to add that little bit of information to the question that he posed, I, I gather. Yes. And then there's a couple that are just, like, broken quotes. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll put two parts together. Um, when he gave a bunch of examples, the third one was she gave a person five years instead of six. Um, it's... And look, her sentencing is essentially right in the middle anyway. Yeah. So they're doing this for QAnon because now the uh, the the QAnon. And look, if the the last topic we weren't have didn't exist, and even if it does, I imagine there will be some segment of Republicans running in either twenty two or twenty four who will be running on the idea that they need to impeach her from the Supreme Court because she's, she is in league with the child pedophile. That, that sounds about right. Maybe maybe her own little Pizzagate sort of a thing or something along those lines. Sure, sure. That'll be, that'll be a, good, a good thing to run on, I'm sure. Yeah, that'll make, that'll make perfect sense. It'll make sense to, well, it'll be nonsense, but it'll be what, it'll, it'll get the, the juices flowing for some percentage of the, uh, of the Republican populace. Yeah, okay. Uh, so... The other, oh, this is, this is, uh, I don't know where else to put this, but this is kind of an interesting point. Um, all of the, uh, the conspiracy theories into Russia have now tied together um, because apparently last night, uh, Tucker was telling us that Hunter Biden is responsible for the bio, for the bio labs in Ukraine. Ah, ah. So the non existent bio labs being set up by Tony Fauci and I guess his father, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden, which are designed for the non existent attack on Russia, are being set up by Hunter Biden in order to. F- finish the thought? What, what is Tucker's thought? I don't know. I, I haven't seen the, the clip. I've seen uh, just 10. Just snaps you, you know, you know, you sit there and and you say to yourself, "Yeah, I guess uh, are people just enjoying him? I mean, is there sort of like this half chuckle that comes out when when he says stuff like this? I, I guess they they, they I, I guess 
there is a group of people who actually buy what he's saying, even if it's disproved a thousand times over, but simply because it's it's an easier thing to do. It's because it's it 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 takes a slap. It's a culture war thing. It's a it's a tribal it's a tribal position. You just basically take a slap at the at the Dems and the libs, and it doesn't matter. The truth is is so unnecessary. And this is the worst time that we could be playing these dumb, stupid games in the middle of, of everything going on with Russia and Ukraine. It's such it's such childishness. It's such it's such little kid stuff. Well, let's talk back about a little kid stuff because half of the attacks on Judge Jackson are just just blatant racism. And they're yeah. not even like yeah. hiding them. Yeah, yeah. Um we have uh first of all Marshall Blackburn asking about CRT. So to be clear this might actually be one of the only contexts where having a conversation about CRT is actually relevant. Go on. Because yeah. the academic discipline of itself is a law school discipline that discusses how, how there is systemic racism in the law. Yeah. Yeah. And that is taught in race. There, 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 there are courses in law school that necessarily have to teach this. Uh, the, the, the thing that's difficult is this, the, the, the CRT thing has become an emotional uh, trigger, just the words, without understanding what they mean and why they're out there. And, it's, and the fact that this has to be explained by anyone is one of the most disgusting things I can imagine. But th th there's been a lot worse done that's disgusting by, by frightened Republicans. And this is just fear. This is back to, you know... Please take us back to pre-1965. Oh, please, oh, please, is all this well, is. They, 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 that's exactly where they want to go. So there's there's a couple of, like, really, really out there quotes. So uh, there's two from Charlie Kirk. One of them is just just blatant racism. So he yeah. said that um, Kentucky Jackson Brown is your country on CRT. He said uh, your children and your grandchildren are going to take orders from people like this, and she knows it, and she's smug about it. And then he said, and this is my favorite quote, um, that a couple of, uh, like, well, earlier in the week, Kamala had her video talking when she was, I guess, in California, and she was talking about the passage of time. Look, I don't know what's going on with her, but she can't speak. Like, it's it's just very bad sometimes. Yeah. Um, and he said that, like, this is the affirmative action VP, wait till they have the affirmative action uh, uh, Supreme Court justice. Yeah. As if... The last two previous vice presidents weren't affirmative action picks. Joe Biden was picked basically as a softening blow to get to let the white moderates know that it's okay to have a black guy in charge. And Mike Pence was picked because they wanted to make the evangelicals happy that they were voting for a guy who basically is the opposite of everything they believe in. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you want to have that conversation, we can. And also it goes down to the fact there isn't a black person they believe is qualified to do any jobs. No, no, probably not. No, 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 no. I mean, why? Why would they be qualified? I mean, <laughs> I, even if they have all the education, the brains and everything, they are naturally going to be too prejudiced against my more valid positions, my pre-1965 my pre world. That worldview is the valid one. You know, it's the true religion, and everybody else's is a, is a false religion. So black people, by definition, 
must be thinking that way. Then, then of course, you come to Clarence Thomas if you want to <laughs> go in that direction. But, uh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, we'll talk about Clarence Thomas in a minute. Oh, I'm sure we will. Some... <laughs> we got to talk about some of the other the other um, things that were said. Not even directly in this. Go so ahead. Mike yeah. Braun said this wasn't even during the hearings. He said this off. He said this in an interview that he would be okay with the Supreme Court overturning interracial marriage and returning it back to the states. <laughs> Do you Why? know what the support for interracial marriage in this country is? What? 94%. Only? I'm surprised it would have been higher than that. I, I said 1965. This That would be pre-1935, the misogyny laws, which, well, which really didn't come, which really weren't solved until well after you know they were still in practical effect after 1965 but the but the 65 act basically uh it kind of put the uh, began deflating the misogyny laws in this country unbelievable unbelievable and then we had john cornyn go after ogres uh Ogres which uh. is the gay rights uh the gay marriage law oh yeah why not so that's that's uh way they're telling you well, th- th- this this is what they this is what they need to do. These are the sound bites that they want to have out there in the opening salvos for the 2022 midterms. This is this is what they're appealing to. Whether it's you know uh, Trumpism is alive and well, and this is what they have to go for. They have to go for the lowest hanging fruit for the lowest IQs. That's it. This is what it's all about. Right. And I haven't read the New York Times piece from the the lawyer who basically said Trump is guilty as hell yet, but I will get to that at some point. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, But the other thing with this is it's it really is sound bites because Ted Cruz, after he was busy yelling about uh, racist babies because he hadn't read um, uh, he hadn't read two pages into the book. The children's book. Yeah. um, Yeah. Spent his time looking up his own name on Twitter to see how his response was. And look, the problem is we should have had more people point out the fact that they're taking these hearings as a joke. Yeah. That they're using them for sound bites and not to actually see how qualified she is. Yeah. That that that's uh, that's that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. 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 That's all it now, is. Now, it's sound bites. And everybody, everybody knows how they, the, David, they've already two years ago, the virtually the same Senate committee and a bunch of Republicans on that committee two years ago basically approved her for the federal bench. I mean, it, what happened in those two years? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. You know, it's it, it, just hard to imagine. It, it's such it's such BS. It really is. You know, but OK, you, you want your sound bites? Go for it. Yeah. And there's so there's this other lawsuit that Trump apparently filed against Hillary Clinton, which Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, tell me about this. Whatever you're uh, whatever you've heard. I've seen so what I've seen is apparently he's he's alleging that she worked because of the twenty sixteen uh sixteen campaign about Russia interference in the election, the thing that happened. Right. Was was backed up by the Mueller report. Yeah, the Mueller report verified all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the convi- the convictions of Flynn and everybody else. It was all. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah. 
that was some type of smear against him. So he's bringing a lawsuit against her. I don't know. I'm pretty sure this will just fizzle out and be nothing. No, it'll be it'll be nothing. All that matters is the suit was brought and that it gets picked up on Fox News. That's all that matters. And Tucker will have something to say. And then it'll go away because it has it, it, it is less than without merit. It is it is a vicious suit. And if the law was correctly interpreted and carried out and if judges acted against it, this would be a a a, a spurious lawsuit and would be a essentially a worse than non-meritorious, this would be a lawsuit that would subject the person who brought it to prosecution because they know full well that it's based on a lie to begin with. Now, will we get to that point? I, I don't know. I don't think so, but we should be. We should be at that point. I don't know. We should be at a point where Donald Trump is probably getting into some legal trouble because Bo Brooks, who Donald Trump just came out against. Yeah, yeah I, I heard about you, that. Yeah, yeah. Was when he was at the January 6th rally, was wearing body armor. Yeah. Basically came out and said, oh yeah, Donald Trump called me like a month ago to ask me to, to overturn the election and immediately restate him into president, even though I told him, you can't do that, that's illegal. <laughs> that seems like something we probably should be uh, looking at. And then finally, we got to talk about the breaking news, which is, Ginny Thomas. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting Clarence for this. Clarence Thomas's wife. So there's two, there's three things here. One, Clarence Thomas is ill. Um, I hope he recovers. It is not clear what he is ill with. Uh, they said it's flu-like symptoms, but not COVID. Um, but he, they, they, they're not leave, giving us a lot of information. Uh huh. Now, a thing to remember about this current uh, Supreme Court hearing is. This doesn't actually change anything on the court. The court is still 6-3 conservative. Exactly. If, for some reason, Clarence Thomas steps down. Oh, and this is another point. Um, as frustrating as these two years have been, the fact that Joe Biden is able to put Kentaji Jackson Brown, Brown Jackson, onto the Supreme Court is entirely because people turned out both in the in the primary in the general and for Ossoff and Warnock in Georgia. Thank, a very good point to make. So if you if you are worried about them not passing anything and you don't feel like turning out, remember how good this feels to watch her be on the Supreme Court and yeah. turn out for at least that. Because you know that would never happen under Republicans. Of course not. And if, and if God forbid something happens to Clarence Thomas or that he ultimately steps down and the Republicans have the Senate, that seat will remain unfilled. So that's one of the reasons to get out. Yeah. So now let's talk about, there's two things that happened here. Uh, records or emails were released that Ginny Thomas was talking to Mark Meadows, the chief of staff at the time, about overturning the election. Now, people always go back to the fact that uh, Clarence Thomas was the only justice to rule in favor of Donald Trump when it came to whether or not he could hide his records. That's right. The January That's, in, in, in the recent cases that came before the courts, yes. Yeah. However, these two things are not connected. The, the, uh, the information that they've gotten from the White House is not these, these emails, or these text messages. These text messages came from Mark Meadows, who remains one of the dumbest people alive yeah. for when he was 
cooperating with the, the justice with the, the January 6th. Like he was working with them and then halfway through decided that he didn't want to cooperate with them. Right. After he'd already given them all the evidence. Right. Right. That's he is one of the dumbest people alive. Absolutely. But but wait, but let me make sure I understand what you just said. Did I hear you write that the that the text messages were all coming from Meadows to Ginny Thomas or or that Meadows initiated it? G- Ginny Thomas. No, 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 no. I, I misunderstood you. The te- the messages we have between Ginny Thomas and and Meadows did not come from the batch of information that Justice Thomas ruled on. That's oh the oh oh! I see I see. So this so this wasn't an effort to to quash that those. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. So in that particular case, it is entirely possible that he he didn't know that these texts existed or wasn't covered for that. It is worth it is to make that tension. However, it is highly unlikely that the the argument, oh, I don't talk about with my husband, uh, I don't talk about political views with my husband, continues to hold up when you're texting the chief of staff about overturning election that your husband would have a massive role in. Exactly. I, I made an argument earlier in the show before you started, before you came on, David, that Clarence Thomas, at a minimum, should be recused from the court at this point. If not, and if not, there should be an impeachment. By every standard of the court, this man has no business being there. His only possible defense to this whole thing is I had no idea what my wife was doing, but then you have to put against that that he has a 100% record of voting for only the most extreme right-wing positions on every single case and in over 97% of all cases that he's participated in either did not ask a single question from the bench during arguments or did not participate in the ruling one way or the other. The man doesn't do anything. He's an automatic vote. And that's the perception people now have of this court. And that's bad. Well, worse. So let's say he steps down. The response to that nominee is just going to be absolute nonsense because that's one that's a nominee that's actually going to bring the court in at least a little bit more of a balanced direction. Yeah. And and then there you know for a fact. If, if if they attempt to impeach him or they um, or he uh, he steps down, they're going to try to move Kentucky Jefferson. They're they're absolutely going to try to do it if they take back that. I don't actually know which which chamber starts the impeachment, but if they take that uh, chamber back, they're going to attempt to do it. Yeah, it would start in the House and then the trial would be held in the Senate, just like it would be with any other impeachment. That's how it would tend to work out. And if they want to if they want to turn it into a clown show, which they can. They're 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 enti- the, the the Republicans are entitled to do it. Everybody, anyone with any legal background, knows what a damned ugly joke Clarence Thomas has been for how many years now? Is it thirty five years? How long has he been on the court? He's a joke. Well, it's it's more than that too because this court doesn't care about a lot of things. Uh, they're certainly going to overturn Vervis's Ver- Wade sometime soon. They just overturned the Wisconsin Supreme Court's yep. um, map district. They just based it in, in a shadow docket and said, no, the gerrymander can continue there. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, 
it's, it's, it's scary. It's incredibly hostile. The, 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 the last bastion, that last third, the last leg of the three-legged stool that a lot of people have been counting on, hoping there could be some rational, some consistent rationality that didn't just blow with the political wind or whatever the composition, that they really weren't just a political arm of one party or the other, that there was actual thought process going on, that people were actually litigating and thinking, and that there was some kind of, of decency and honesty going on in the court. This has been blown, I, I, I argue, it's been blown to shit with this whole Ginny Thomas situation. That's it. So, so this is bad. That means that we that we are subject to an insanity uh, in the presidency, depending on whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. You get Trumpianism back in again. You get madness and Trumpianism back into the House and Senate, depending on the vote. And lo and behold, it looks like we may be there with the court. This is not. This does not bode well uh, for American democracy in in this. In this year, at, at this point, uh, this long after the Second World War, this, this, this long after the 65 Voting Rights Act, this is not a good thing. This is not good. And the, the, the pieces I don't see is, remember uh, when Kavanaugh was, rock, was uh, nominated yeah, and there was all yeah, this yeah. backlash? Yeah, yeah, And they, yeah. they were saying, oh, Democrats are going to pay for their, uh, for their, their, um, them being against Kavanaugh, even though he was a credibly accused sexual assaulter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really see a lot of those pieces while they're sitting there making shit up. I hear, like, uh, Lindsey Graham, um, you know, burns Kentucky Jackson. He gets into uh, a heated argument. They they back words. Like, yeah. it's all written in neutral way. But there really should be a lot more backlash against them in the sense that they're making a mockery of this versus a man who, like, could you imagine if Kentaji Brown responded to the set, the Republican senators in the way Brett Kavanaugh responded to the Democratic yeah, senators? Yeah, thank, thank, very damn good point. Damn good point, good David. Point. Wow. She yeah. might have lost Joe Manchin's vote. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Uh David, as I've said so many times on this show on, on, on Fridays after listening to your thoughts and, 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 and trading ideas with you, uh, we, we, we watch this, we go through it because, well, this is why they play the games. We, we have to keep reminding ourselves of what we are, especially at a time when the world seems to be once again drifting in a very weird direction we have to remember what what megalomaniacal people can do what frightened people and i would i would put most of the republican party in the category of frightened people what frightened people are capable of doing even within a system that's supposed to not make us particularly frightened, but, but these people are. That's the only way I can explain why they act the way they do, why this whole Trumpism thing is hanging in there. And now we're looking at uh, Donald's best friend, Vladimir, over there in Russia, uh, showing us what his fear can drive him to do. It's amazing. 
It's amazing to watch all this, but but we've got to keep reporting on it. We've got to keep talking about it. And we've got to keep people thinking about it. And and uh, thank God you're a marvelous vehicle for making all that happen. Not only here on Center Left Radio, but where else can people find you? Twitch.tv slash Fresh Faces New Ideas and at Faces Ideas on Twitter. And I do hope they continue to uh, to flock to you. Uh, I appreciate once again you being part of us on Friday. Um, there'll be many more Fridays to come, and God knows there'll be a lot of information worth discussing. Like I say, that's that's why they play the games. That's why we talk about it. We have to. It's important. It's necessary. Just as necessary is stepping away afterwards, chilling out a little bit, just enough. Uh, and doing it with a little more jazz. listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Yes, it's disheartening to talk about what's happening in Russia, to talk about what's happening with the type of questioning being put to one of the most qualified Supreme Court candidates we've had probably in history. But this is what fear generates among people, and it's it's our obligation not to allow these tribalisms to go unchallenged. We must reveal fear for what it is.